Hello, podcast listeners. So in this podcast, we talk a lot about right brain skills, or also known as soft skills. So in a world where most business development programs or coaching programs or business programs are focused on the sales funnel side of the equation, the lead attraction or the conversion side, here we're diving into the soft skills the skills, the tools, the attributes that we really need to cultivate to reach the people that we seek to serve, to create great work for that tribe, to create the change that we want to make. And more than this, we are focusing on skills to help us become better communicators. So from this, we create great relationships. And of course, relationship is our future currency as business creators. In early 2000s, this guy Dan Pink wrote a great book. It's called A Whole New Mind. And in this book, Dan outlines six right brain attributes that he thinks are going to be powerful in business going forward. So this was almost 15 years ago now. And what we've seen is that Dan has been absolutely correct. This, of course, has played out in the book. Dan outlines attributes such as empathy, communication skills, playfulness, symphony, and design. And this is what brings us to today's episode. So a couple of months ago, I came across this guy or, you know, probably a couple of years ago now, Chris Doe, who's a designer, a teacher. Uh, he's built up a couple of agencies, design agencies, an expert in branding. And he has blown up on Instagram. And he did this through pivoting how he was using the platform. And effectively, he seems to have spearheaded this movement of designers who are now using the Instagram platform in an entirely new way to create an obscene amount of value for their target audience. So it's really, really cool. It was something I hadn't seen before. Effectively, this whole niche has just blossomed out into the subculture of people who are connecting, collaborating, creating value for each other, teaching each other, sharing information. And it's exploding and it's really cool because a lot of them have been able to generate revenue and to really grow their business off the back of this and really utilize their skill sets on this platform in creative ways. Soon I came across a man, his name is Dane Walker. He's based in Australia and Dane is not only using the Instagram platform exceptionally well, growing an audience very, very quickly, but he's also bringing his skill set to the table, he's teaching, he's sharing, and he's created a huge community. He's created great relationships. And so there's a huge amount of alignment between how he is using, how these people are using the social platforms and the skill sets that we talk about and we dive into on a regular basis across these episodes. Today, I get to sit down with Dane Walker. I get to pick his brain about what's going on here. How are they exploding so quickly on this platform. What can we learn from Dane and this whole group, this subculture, these designers in terms of how they collaborate, in terms of how they use the platform. Um, we dive in specifically to things like carousel posts, which have been a lot of questions on, a lot of talk around. And we talk about other social platforms, LinkedIn, and even dive into TikTok a little bit as well. I got a lot out of this episode. Um, obviously, the social platforms, Instagram specifically, is kind of a newer thing to me in the scheme of things. So I was you know, hanging off of every word, got a lot of value from Dane, and I think you will too. I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, I'll get started. This is John Marsh, and this is episode 54 of the Access Potential Podcast. <laughs> 
I'll go back, I'll go back 10 years and I'll just give you a full, like real quick recap. Um, so I, my first job was, a, a, I was printing as a designer at a t-shirt shop. And this was probably about 14, 15 years ago. Uh, and I did that for seven years. That's where my design kind of started. So I was just coming up with jokes and just shady, funny stuff for t-shirts that were just gimmicky and, and made people laugh when they came in the shop. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of, I, I got good at Photoshop. I got good at design. I got good at knowing what people liked. That's where I also started to learn sales. So rather than selling a $40 t-shirt, I was trying to figure out how can I market this business that I work in to, you know, make a three, four, five thousand dollar package, like selling bulk t-shirts to a business for an event or something like that. Um, then I built their website. Um, and then I started making about $3,000 a week for the business on top of their 12,000 a week, which is not massive, but it's over a year. It's like a lot of money. Mm. It's, you know, extra $80,000 revenue for the business. That's when I kind of figured out, Oh, I can, I kind of understand business. Like it's intuitive to me to want to progressively it's, it was intuitive for me to want to build a business. Um, fast forward after that, I worked in a bunch of retail jobs, a bunch of sales jobs, um, eventually ended up in insurance for a year, uh, became a top performance sales guy, like top out of 1800 staff to sell, um, consistently. That's when I got really good at psychology, sales performance. Um, I was studying NLP. So I'm an NLP master practitioner, um, which is what Tony Robbins teaches. So that, that helped aid me a lot with what I was doing. Um, got a lot of trouble for selling insurance using NLP because it was <laughs> manipulative. <laughs> uh, and then, um, I got fired from there for pressure selling and then I sold vacuums for a year, got really good at selling vacuums. And then I worked next door to a world gym and they opened up and I was selling them all their cleaning equipment. And I did such a good job selling them all their cleaning equipment and looking after them as a client uh, and then training there every day. And I went from being fat to jacked uh, and they, they were like, we want to hire you for our sales team. Two weeks later, I was running the sales team. Um, and then they went from that gym went from 140 sales a month to 380 sales a month with the culture that I built. And then they sent me to Rockhampton. Uh, that gym was doing 30 sales a month. I got it to 180 and, uh, then I left there for just poor management. I just didn't like the people mm -hmm. worked at Telstra for six months and hated it every minute. Um, and then built this in the last three months and then last month um uh instead of telstra was i think 2400 um after tax a month and i just and this this scares the living daylights out of me i just made twenty four thousand dollars in the last 30 days wow. creating creating content yeah um so literally 10x what um what i was doing in one month wow so so social media to me, it's not dead. Yeah. And organic reach is still there. People just aren't good enough because there's more noise. Yeah. Yeah. They're using old methods that worked five years ago. They're going, Oh, you used to be able to post quotes and get X, Y, Z followers. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah. You have to, you have to be in IGTV. You have like, you have to change the way you Instagram is different. You, yeah. you can't play the old rules anymore. The, the rules yeah. have changed. Yeah. Uh, maybe let's go, you know, 
Um, typically, I would kick it off with some stories. So that was perfect because you pretty much wrapped us up to speed. Talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, obviously like what we're seeing when we jump on, say, your account, there's a lot of people in the design niche. There's a lot of, and, and the listeners to this may not have seen this pop up yet, but there's this big growth in, you know, the carousel work and a lot of the visual side of things you said, as you mentioned there, things are changing. Yeah. Uh, is this across the board? Like if somebody's, you know, what, what's the importance of your design background for XYZ business down the road? Like how do you see this playing out, the people that you work with? Um, or generally in the landscape? Yeah, so for for social media, I don't think you have to be a designer um, to, to win on social media. It definitely gives you an edge. There's definitely an emergence of the design community as a, as a space. I was on Instagram two years ago and there was no design community. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like this is a new niche within Instagram. It's a new community mm-hmm. that's kind of figured out what does and doesn't work. There, there was a design community, but it wasn't like it was now. Mm. The design community is very different. Like if you look at the gym community, they don't collaborate. They don't want to work with each other. It's all competition. The design community is extremely collaborative because they all partner with each other. You'll have someone doing um, graphic design and another person doing coding and another person doing video and they'll all work together intermittently and they'll all share and like and comment and build each other up. So like it's almost, it's almost a tribe. It's, it's, a, it's, it's its own little brand identity. It's kind of like um, a, a, a massive cluster of people that are on the same mission that are now starting to collectively work with one another. And it's just built up into this thing with carousels and, and, and so on. Um, unlike any other industry I've seen, it's just this really weird thing. But in saying that, I work with a lot of clients that are posting content. It's just about rather than trying to compete and do everything that everyone else is doing, how can we build first and foremost, the brands, because everyone usually goes, I want followers. And I'm like, no, you don't. You want to build a brand. Mm. You want to build a culture. You want to build value. Stop measuring your followers and start measuring how much value am I giving? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to measure value, but that's where you need to push. That's mm-hmm. where the, if, you, if you're a sniper, that's where you want to shoot because that's, that's what's going to get you growth anyways. Focusing on the growth is never going to get growth. Focusing on projecting value into the market um, is going to get eyeballs on your content and then people are going to naturally follow and engage with you. Yeah, hundred percent. Maybe let's dive into that. You know, this, this word of value, it almost feels like for those who have kind of clicked onto this, it's this kind of all out race to create the most value that's specific to the niche. What is, you know, if somebody is listening, what do you mean by value? How does that tie into say niche and niche clarity, that kind of thing. Like yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Cause I think that was thrown everywhere and, and it's, I see when it's, when it's being hit, it's, you know, um, maybe just talk on what comes up for you around that. Yeah. So, so for me, a niche, it, it depends on the industry, but as an example, um, let's just use graphic design as an, as an example again. Right. So, um, if you think about the universities today, People that go to university, there's a stigma attached that if you go to university, um, you're going to get a bill. It's going to cost four years of your life. Um, you're going to be studying all day, every day, and you're not necessarily going to be enjoying it the whole time. So what's happening is people, the internet's at scale now. So people are going, why am I going to go to uni when I can just go Google Chris Doe and watch his videos on YouTube? Mm. Because he's teaching me more than a university lecture would anyways. 
and he's running a successful agency that works for Xbox. So he's in the industry mm-hmm. doing what I want to do. Why wouldn't I just want to go learn from him? So people like Chris Doe are creating online courses mm-hmm. where you can pay a subscription, learn everything, become a self-taught designer, and then go immediately get clients. Not wait four years, get a piece of paper, pray you get a job. Yeah. He's like, go build a business now. So like for me, a niche is Chris Doe has created a niche where he's like, I teach people how to design. Click on my course. And then he'll give away free content on YouTube, free content on Instagram. And then when people become fans, they'll go to his website and they'll just buy his stuff. Mm-hmm. So a niche is like, he's positioned himself as an expert to collect that. Um, that's, that's why that's why Instagram is becoming hot again is because people don't want to go to uni. They just want to learn from someone that's doing it. Mm. That's a pocket in Instagram that anyone could get in. That's not design, but there's a big gap at the moment where there's a lot of money to be made. And that's a billion dollar industry that's shifting right now. So there's billions of dollars that are moving from university into paid online experts. Yeah. So people don't go to TAFE college uni anymore. People go, who can I Google and who can I pay and can I go do a mastermind or a webinar course? Yeah. That's, that's something anyone in any industry should be looking at yeah. and considering. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love it. So sounds like what you were saying is if you trying to, or wanting to effectively grow on Instagram or grow on social platforms, if you're going to use them, it's a hundred percent around that value add for that specific person in your case or in the design space, wanting to learn, um, where do people trip up? Is it that they're still just creating the stuff around their own sort of thing? They're not using the empathy to dive to that other side. Like what's happening for people? Why are they getting stuck on it? Yeah. I think people are getting stuck because they're thinking of the result. They're not thinking of, they're not thinking about what value can I give? They're like, what result do I want? How do I get it? Oh, I have to give value. Let me try to figure out how to give value. Mm-hmm. But value is not their North Star. The results are North Star. It's, it's, it's a bad way to navigate. You need to change the stars you, you're following because it's, it's, it's not going to take you down the right path. If your intention is, I want to get this reward, I want to get this money, I want to get this, this XYZ, then people can tell your intent. They can tell you... They can tell by the way you position, the way you create content, that that's your goal. And, and, and people are savvy to this. People can sense the stuff. They can, they can feel it. Like, I mean, I imagine you've been on pages before where you get on the page and it seems like they're trying to give value, but then you just feel at like every, every corner, they're just trying to sell you something. Mm. Um, and then you'll probably stop visiting that page just because you feel like, oh, like, I don't really like that. Whereas then you'll just gravitate to the pages that don't feel like that. Yeah. So, so value has to be has to be, it's almost a commodity. It's like, how, how can you create it? And then the more of it you give, the more attention you get, the more attention you get, the more people are, they're going to, they're going to seek you to inquire and buy stuff anyways. Yeah. And that's what I really love about the, you know, you mentioned kind of the, the community that you spoke of before. Um, and for me, what I really love about well, there's two things. One is this value that people are getting it and they're, they're supporting each other to create more of it. And they're looking at it from an abundant point of view. And it's, there's a really nice intent behind it. And that's why it's a joy to kind of engage in and follow. 
the other thing that I love, which I'd love to talk about in a minute is um, community. And like, even for you, right? Like what I see is, you know, two, three, 400 comments below the post. And I know we're talking a lot about social media and specifically Instagram here, but this stuff really, if you're listening and you're on Facebook, wherever you are, the same premise is kind of applying that you've created this connection and this platform that's happening back and forth that the values in the people are pushing the value front on the content, what they're putting out, but also there's a deeper value as well. That's going back and forth. You know, it's not just post and forget there's a level of engagement or care that seems to be happening as well, almost at all times. Does that resonate at all? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's happening there is those people that are commenting, um, you'll notice a lot of them comment almost on everything. Mm. So over the last 90 days, every time someone DMs me, I'll go out of my way to answer their questions, every mm. single one. There's been days where I'm not exaggerating here, I've had over 800 DMs in a day, and then I've, I've pretty much sat on a chair for three days messaging people. Yeah. Um, and that sucked, but at the same time, those 800 people are, are now fans. So whenever I post anything, they see it, they're gonna comment. Yeah. So the return, the ROI, if you want to measure it as a business analytic type thing is, is the ROI is like, well, you know, I've got more engagement because of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, the deeper value is there's a relationship. It's not yeah. just someone commenting. It's like, well, I probably talked to that person in their DMs a bunch of times. They probably asked me a bunch of questions and I've helped them. Um, and I'm, I'm brutally honest in my DMs. People are like, what do you think of my page? And I'll smash it. I'll be like, this sucks, that sucks, this change, change that, change this, here's some links, here's some resources, check out this website, check out this YouTube video. Like I'll just smash them. And um, almost every single time they're like, wow, I'm blown away. Thank you so much for your crude honesty. And then the next week you see them changing their posts and then you see them growing. Mm. And then I'll comment and engage on that. That's the stuff you don't see. There's even a deeper layer, right? So like. I'll go out and I'll actually support that. Yeah, I, I've seen, man. Yeah. I've seen you, you. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's humanizing. It's humanizing. This is really cool because I see it as such a healthy way to look at social as an extension of being a human, you know, and what you're doing is really humanizing this at a deep level at scale and working your ass off. Um, and it's really cool because it's working, you know, it's, it's nice to see. Thanks, Ben. Um, okay. So let's, let's go a little bit here because I get it right. The, the trust and attention that you're building. I understand this posture, generosity, how it's all tying in. If somebody heard you say that and they're like, you know, you're sitting there for three days replying to DMS, um, putting a lot of time into the stuff that you create to help people authentically, uh, you know, and then at the start of the call, you talked about how you're making 10 times the revenue you were at a previous job. How does that for that listener, if you're not sure how it adds up, if you're giving so much away to the audience, the people that follow you and they go and implement the changes themselves, where's then the psychological driver for them to engage and want to engage with you professionally? What does that look like? Yeah. And I guess how even as a third question, how does that generosity change your sales process? Yeah. So I think, I think a lot of times is my, my approach is from the start. When I, when I started this page, I was like, I'm going to create artwork and I'm just going to give it away. Um, and 
my initial expectation was was nothing. Like I was like, I don't know what the ROI is. Um, I like creating art. I'm just going to put it out there. Then what started happening was people started to DM me, right? Then I started to realize if I put out a lot of value, people are going to gravitate towards me. Then I dived a bit deeper and started looking into marketing and started looking into psychology. Um, Gary V covers this topic quite deeply. And he talks about how the whole jab, 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 right hook, right? So he's like, give, 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 and then ask. And then people are happy to respond if they felt like they've got so much from you. What you're asking is how do you, how do you kind of measure that? How do you gauge that? And for me, it's, 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 a, it's almost a three-step process. Give away all your secret sauce. Give away every inch of knowledge that you have for free without any expectation, like zero. Don't expect anything from your audience. People will take it. They'll run with it. They'll implement it. They'll see some results, but they'll see your results are better. So then they come back and they say, look, I tried this. Like, what am I missing? Then you can be like, look, have you considered doing my coaching? Have you considered doing my program? Have you considered my online webinar mastermind group? And then they sign up because they know it works. They've tested it. And it's like, they've done a 180. So like people, the Gary Vee does the same thing. People's, he's like, people will take my stuff and run with it for six mm -hmm. months, 12 months, 24 months. He's like, most often they come back and buy something um, because they want more. They want to amplify the success that they've got. Mm -hmm. So like my carousels, I get DMs all the time where people say, yo, uh, I did what you said in that carousel about, you know, how to, sp how to speak to a client and I closed a $5,000 deal. Thank you. Um, and then two weeks later they're, they're signing up for my coaching. So mm -hmm. like, it's, it's, it's almost like if you get enough attention and you give enough value the the money's just going to start coming in. That's, yeah. that's the only way I can explain it. And I know this to be true. Cause yeah, I'm making tenfold what I was in my job, um, you know, a month yeah. ago. Yeah. Sick. So just to recap it, it's kind of like you're saying that, you know, you've got to just trust the process dive down that road so and then and then through that generosity and the trust you're building people not just you know get the results and see that your stuff works as in the proof but they also they also drawn back to you it's almost like this trust or this um this sense to want to work with you because you've just given so much even though you're not doing it with that in mind yeah it's it's, it's i would say it's a relationship it, it be, they become a fan they, yeah. they just come back every time so like my page, I, I know this is, I've, I've, I'm always testing, I'm always experimenting, always playing with this. Um, but a lot of people come back every day. And then if I don't post for a day, I get DMs, when's your next post? <laughs> so people are coming back to my page all the time, going, damn it, this, you know, he doesn't post it today. Um, so like, I know people are constantly coming back and watching it. And it's just a matter of time until, until you know, a high percentage and even if 5% of them buy something, you know, that's, that's still like an, an absurd amount of income. Um, and you're not always going to get everyone. You're going to have a lot of people that are just always going to engage, always going to like. And yeah, for me, it's, it's, if you, if like Gary Vee says, attention is oxygen. Mm. If you can maintain and keep momentum on your attention, like growing it, cultivating it, maintaining it and keeping it, then there's always going to be opportunities there to make money. Yeah. Um, every single business on the planet, the only thing that's stopping them from expanding their income 
it always comes back to attention. It's like not enough people know about us. Not enough people know what we do. Not enough people know how good our stuff is. It's just notoriety. If you are obscure and people can't see what it is you do, how you do it and how good you do it, then they're not going to buy anything at any point. Um, If you can bridge that gap, that's, that's, that's marketing. That's branding is, is if you can bridge the gap between those two, then people are going to, they're going to gravitate towards what you're doing and if you're doing right, and then they're going to buy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Let's um, pivot a little bit. And firstly, you've got this design background. Um, you've got the visuals, you've got this kind of innate ability, I guess, or talent, um, I guess for a better word. And I know there's a lot of tools out there for people to use if they're, you know, not say as well versed in this kind of stuff, but how important if someone's not, uh, say, that way inclined if they just don't have that sort of experience um what do you think they should do where would you go if you were them if you were looking to if you noticed uh what's going on here you know how how important is the visual relative to say the value the generosity what's happening on that landscape and where would you want to go yeah it's a good question it's a really good question i mean each each social media platform it has a different, um, a different way of people consuming content, you know? So like Twitter is just text. Mm. Um, TikTok is entertainment purely. Um, people are just having fun with music and editing videos and things like dancing and stuff like that. Um, it's, that's going to shift, but that's heavy on entertainment and, and jokes and memes and all that type of stuff. Then Instagram is, is highly visual. It was designed for people to share photos at the beginning, it was about, you know, share your life, share your photos. Um, and it, it won over Facebook because Facebook became too messy. Right. So like Facebook is on a decline right now because there's too much going on. Mm. Um, it's no longer a social media platform. It's a marketing platform where Instagram it's, it's a social media platform still at heart. So it's, it's almost like Instagram was designed for people to share fun medium, Mm. whether that's a photo, whether that's a video, whether that's a story of like what they did that day. Um, and and it either comes in the form of sharing something where you can learn from it, you know, so like people follow personal trainers so they can learn different workouts, like personal trainers. I mean, to give you some examples here of what different things, different people can do. So like a personal trainer that I worked with recently, they were just posting photos and it's like, well, can't you post um, stories of you talking about nutrition and then videos about you doing workouts? You know, think about the amount of people that go to a gym that are following you. They can't afford a PT or they don't really want a PT, but they would like to know how to do a push-up better, yeah. you know, or they would like to know how to use the, this machine or how to do a deadlift. Um, so they started creating content that was just free that people could learn from. And then their audience started to grow um, as an example. When I worked in World Gym, um, I, I did my research and I noticed every gym was just posting this is our price. This is our deal this month. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just beating people over the head with a baseball bat, hoping people would come buy their stuff. I went on the web and I looked at every single gym I could find. And the ones that were succeeding uh, were gyms that were just entertaining. So I started making uh, videos that were just stupid. Like, do you remember the Kiki, do I love you thing where like people would dance next to their car? Mm-hmm. Uh, we did that with a gorilla suit. So the World Gym's logo is a gorilla. So we got, I, we hired a gorilla suit and we had one of our um, 
one of our sales guys dancing to the song while the car was moving and we got 200,000 views on it and we sold a bunch of memberships. Yeah. So it's just trying to think about, you know, like you don't have to be a designer to grow your page. You just have to think about how can I entertain people or yeah. how can I share something like a personal trainer, like where they can learn and, and, and take it for themselves. So value is, um, do you have this problem? Um, here's a solution and this is how you can do it. So then that viewer can go actually use it and that's going to create more engagement. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, I guess the next question just on that, like, you know, are you, you I see you on a, um, you're, you know, posting five days a week specifically once a day and it feels like a real nice kind of, framework that you know because this stuff can also for a lot of people they can find that it can be overwhelming a lot of stuff you know obviously there's just a lot of a lot of time um whether that's consuming or whatever uh you know the the posts or the carousels and i, I do want to touch on carousels here later but they are quite they're very uh in depth or there, there's a lot in them, right? So if you were going to sit down and create one and you didn't have experience, it might take you a couple of hours. Yeah. Uh, if somebody's not really going to go down that road, but they still want to push this value, they still want to experiment. Would you still suggest the once a day framework kind of like that? Or would you be looking to go higher on volume or frequency to kind of make up for the lack of depth? Or how do you kind of see that with the people that you work with? Yeah, so the, the clients I have that um, do really well on Instagram, um, they, they, they try to add multiple layers. So they'll pick what I call a primary and a secondary focus just to add some depth. So like if someone is, uh, let's just say, you know, they're a real estate agent, um, like one of my clients, she's a real estate agent, but she also empowers women yeah. um, through personal development. So she has her primary focus is I'm a real estate agent and she does real estate agent type content. So she teaches people tips on, on where they should focus and how they should buy a house and all this stuff. Then in between all that content, she'll also have things about, you know, um, self-discovery, um, being an empowered woman, like helping other women, you know, and inspiring other people, stuff like that, holistic type stuff. Um, and she'll talk about that in her stories. So she'll use her stories as a conversational type piece and then she'll use her feed and her tiles to articulate a story as well. So I would suggest anyone listening to, if, if you were to go to your Instagram um, feed and you were to look at your tiles, are they saying different things or do they kind of line up? And what I mean is imagine like your entire feed is a, is, is a story. So like from one piece to the next, try to create an over an overarching story and then each piece of content kind of goes into detail whether that's photos uh whether that's videos whatever medium that you choose try to tie it all together um mm. and that would because when people land on your page they want to see unity they want to see depth they want to see you really good at one particular thing mm. like there's a guy on instagram who has over a million followers um, and all he does is calligraphy videos. That's mm. it. It's just videos of him drawing calligraphy. There's nothing else. There's, there's no, there's no deviation. So like if you can get really good at one thing, uh, and then perhaps add a second layer to it, then that that's probably the best way to get 
a niche audience on Instagram is to not go too wide yeah. to try and to try and bring solo, but also have depth in that as well. Yeah. And it feels like a little bit of a challenge sometimes because, you know, you mentioned gyms or it could be yoga studios or massage yeah. therapy where you've got the craft, but then um, you've got, you know, uh, a fairly saturated market, even now on the educational side of things. But yeah, you then got the mindset, you've got the food, you've got, you know, the whole thing wraps into this ecosystem of health and wellness or whatever it might be. So I guess it's like, would you just take that and have to pick a couple of areas to dive deeper in and then the others you just kind of let go or put them in the stories or things like that? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I usually with my clients, we'll, we'll do a month of experimenting. So um, we'll play around. Uh, I, I encourage it um, because it's, it's hard to find what your niche is at the mm -hmm. beginning. But then when you experiment, you'll start to pick up, oh, wow, that worked really well. This didn't work so well. Um, let's double down on the thing that worked really well and see if there's more there. And it's, it's kind of like panning for gold. If you're at a river and you, you know, you put the pan in the river and you pick up a bunch of pebbles and you're shaking it, you're trying to find the gold. It's almost like what you want to do. You want to, you want to look at your page and go, cool, let's just experiment. Like, like the biggest setback for my clients is the fear of what their friends are going to say. Yeah. Um, and I have to have a conversation. It's like, well, do you care more about what they say and think? Or do you care more about your mission? And what I'm trying to say is, where's your focal point? Is your focal point, what are people going to think about me? Or is your focal point, I need to succeed at this mission. And if it's, I want to succeed at my mission of expanding my business, growing my page, then be willing to fail. Be willing to look stupid. Be willing to, to just screw around with your page until you can find some gold nuggets. That's what I did. I was just posting about mindset, brain, psychology. I was posting about really out there stuff. If you scroll down to the bottom of my feed, it was really all over the place. My colors were all over the place, my theme, my art style. Um, then I kind of, you can kind of see it gradually shift from being really just kind of rough and all over the place to just being very niche. Mm. And it, it happened over the period of three months. And that was by me literally just experimenting until I kind of was like, wow, okay, when I talk about this topic, I get three times the amount of engagement when I talk about Instagram growth, as opposed to talking about human psychology. Mm. Then I did Q and A. I, I talked to my audience. I communicated with them. I asked them what they liked, what they didn't like. And they were honest in my feedback. And they said, well, we really like this content. Can we have more of that? And then I just gravitated it towards that. And that grew. Same thing when I was doing the gym. Um, we experimented with video stuff until we, we realized that if we made videos that were really funny of us just cracking jokes in the gym, um, like another one was, um, I, it's at the bottom of my feed. You can scroll down to the bottom of my feed and see my gym videos. Yeah, cool. Um, I dressed up as Crocodile Dundee and like caught a, uh, a, a burly guy in the gym as if he was a crocodile and, you know, made all these jokes about him being the alpha male of the gym and stuff. And then that video got us a lot of sales yeah. because people, people were sharing it because it was funny. So like, we, we happen to come across that by experimenting. And I think there's not enough of that. People are yeah. playing, it, playing it too safe. Don't play safe. Just, just, just try stuff. Yeah. I love that. And it, it's, it really resonates too, in particular, say in that niche where, you know, the education, there's, there's so many parts of it that have been fleshed out so heavily that, you know, to bring humor, to bring a lightness back into it and a personality of the gym and the people in the gym, uh, whether it's a gym or a studio or whatever, it sounds pretty cool. Um, and I've definitely seen similar things with people that I've worked with as well. 
Uh, what else? Oh, let's go into carousels quickly because I think yeah. for those who haven't seen them, uh, to, to check out your work is straight away. When you first see it, it kind of blows your mind and then you start to click into it and then you see the art form of what's going on. Just riff on that a little bit, um, where you, you know, how you got into that, the why a little bit behind it. And yeah, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, for sure. So I, um, I, was, I was wanting to start a, a media agency. Um, I've always been passionate about marketing, branding, you know, all these types of things. And I, I was looking into a guy who runs the King Kong agency in, yeah. uh, in Melbourne, Sabree. Yeah. And he inspired me to, to start building my business. And then with my research, I went on the YouTube, I found Chris Doe and I followed Chris Doe. And then he had the carousels on his page. So the first time I ever saw it, same as your experience. I was like, whoa, what is this? You know, I clicked on it. You I would swipe. <laughs> yeah, I just kept swiping. And I was like, wow, this is such a great idea. Like, I didn't know yeah. you could do this on Instagram. And what I realized very quickly was like, you could teach a lesson or share a story or articulate an idea or solve a problem, you know, this, or you could have fun and crack jokes. Like this, it's, it allows you to, to almost have uh, a conversation or a torch, a, a, a tutorial or some, some form, like some deep form of content as opposed to just a picture or a video. And I, I was like immediately obsessed. I, I thought, you know, I could do this. So then I went and started trying to create carousels myself um, and just started talking about things like marketing and branding. I started talking about topics like the human brain and the unconsciousness and um, all these types of things. And I was very broad and, and vague with it. And I was experimenting and I was seeing what worked and what people liked and what they didn't like. Um, but yeah, for me, the psychology behind it is you create a problem and then you solve it and then you give them an actionable bite-sized you know, task that they then could do, go do. That's why it becomes addictive because people go, well, that works when I, when I did the last one. Let me go see what else I can learn. You know, so Chris Doe was doing things like you know, how to sell over the phone, how to close a deal with a client, you know, what to do with difficult clients. He was giving out tips, actionable tips that I could actually go and use. Um, so I quickly realized that it was it was similar to like, if you go onto YouTube to figure out, you know, how do I, how do I sell better or how do I get attention or how do I, whatever you watch those videos and then you go and try to do it. A carousel is just the same thing. It's just in a different medium. It's mm -hmm. imagery instead of video. Um, Cause people like to read. And for me, I pushed more on the illustration than probably some of the other people did because I love how much you can tell a story with an image. You know, so you can, you can say something with words, but then if you tie in an image that kind of adds depth to what you were just speaking about, all of a sudden it, it creates more of an idea than just reading some factual information. Yeah. And I think, you know, from having seen your work, it certainly ramps, you know, we were talking about fun before. Yeah. Um, it certainly ramps that up, you know, and it adds to the, the user experience of coming, going across. I just figured we'd better quickly touch. If you're listening, you don't know what we're talking about. Um, do you want to quickly frame up what a carousel is in case somebody never even, I'm sure they've seen it, but what we're even talking about here? For sure. Yeah. So a carousel is um, on Instagram, a swipeable post. So imagine a slideshow and you use your finger to go to the next slide. And as an example, uh, the first page would be a title. So for me, 
I'll, I'll walk you through what a carousel is and how I do it. So the first page would be something that's kind of clickbaity. Um, I, I don't like that term, but it's the best way to describe it. It's mm. when you're on YouTube, the title catches you and then you click on it. Yeah. So when this shows up in a feed, you can't do this with any other post. You can't create clickbait on, on Instagram at all, except for with the carousel. So it's a great way to kind of, it's to lure people in to engage with a really catchy title and an image that just grabs their attention that they're like, what is this about? And then they start swiping. Um, when people start swiping, Instagram recognizes that people are engaging with that piece of content because it's Instagram wants to be stickable. They want people to actually be actively using the platform. Carousels are extremely valuable because you're going to get more engagement, right? So they'll swipe through it. The second, third and fourth slide uh, will talk about a problem. I'll usually ask a question, create a problem, be like, have you ever had X, Y, Z as an issue? I'll, I'll go into depth on slide four, five, and six. And then I'll usually wrap it up at the last few pages with here's some solutions, here's some things you can go do. Um, and the last slide is a call to action. It's, you know, leave a comment below, um, chat to me in the DMs or what have you. So like overall, it's, it's just, a really heavy hitting piece of content that's going to get you a lot more engagement than mm. any other format that I can see on Instagram at the moment. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, one thing I'd love to touch on is like the, the format is heavy hitting and creates a lot of engagement if there's value in the thing as well. So I guess what I'm seeing is that the carousel is a great vehicle for but then there's this behind the scenes of how much work you're putting in, in terms of the empathy of the audience and the value that you're actually creating. Right. Like, so it's like a car, you know, you've got to have, there's the chassis, but then you are also putting a lot of time in or a lot of effort into creating a good engine as well. Yeah. Versus just the fact that you've got the chassis or a 10 slides or whatever it's, it's not about the thing it's around, it's using the thing, but the intent behind what you're putting in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's almost like the same as a YouTube video. There's, there's terrible YouTube videos out there and there's amazing ones. Mm. Like you said, depending on the chassis, the engine that you put it in, the engine perhaps in this case being your intention. So, um, I, I always, I always tell people when I was, when I was selling, it's like, well, what's your intention? You know, always ask yourself that question when you're selling to someone, be like, am I, am I actually trying to help this person or am I just trying to suck money out of their wallet? Mm. Because the minute that happens, then your demeanor is going to change, your yeah. actions are going to change, your habits are going to change, your behavior is going to change. So having the right intention is the first component is like, okay, my intention here is to share knowledge, share value and not expect any return. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, either, either creating an immense level of entertainment um, or an immense level of... Um, of knowledge, which they can actually take and use. And that's, that's why carousels win. There's plenty of people doing carousels that are very low engagement. They don't get many results at all. That's because either the artistic style is not there uh, or the content is really not that good uh, or it's really vague. So you almost have to be, I mean, if, if anyone's listening to this and you're really good at like writing or writing blogs or articles, carousels are an amazing medium. Mm. Um, you don't have to be a designer to create these. Anyone with a MacBook um, and Keynote can create a really beautiful carousel. Um, all you have to do is, yeah, have, have Keynote. Um, subscribe to a really good um, stock image website like Shutterstock and Vito Elements and just download really beautiful photos, paste it, 
put some really good type next to it. So type some really cool stuff. Um, you don't have to be a designer to make these. Anyone with a business and a laptop could do this. Yeah. And, and do it really successfully. Yeah. Cool. I guess uh, just to sort of round it out, like, you know, we've spoken a lot about uh, Instagram here. It was the platform that I found your work on. Um, but a lot of the stuff, you know, that you've spoken about is ringing true, whether you're offline, online, or on different platforms online. Is there anything you want to talk about this kind of marketing in general or broader platforms or, you know, anything else that pops to mind in terms of this kind of overarching mindset or sort of generosity that you've been speaking about? Yeah, I think something that I've been passionate about this week um, with my audience and my fans, because the, the good thing about having my page is I get a lot of, a lot of DMS with people asking questions about the problems that they're having. And I like to solve problems. So I'm very happy because the more problems I get DMS, the more I can think about, okay, this, this tends to come up a lot. And a question I get asked more than any other question is how do I get um, more followers? I want to make money on Instagram. And immediately alarm bells go off for me because I'm like, okay, well, we need to, we need to seriously have a conversation about this because if that's your intention, then, then that's not going to, that's not going to get the result that you want. And to, to get out of Instagram, to get out of that for a moment and just talk about like what you said about marketing, like the overarching idea of marketing is, you know, uh, as I was saying before, like we grew up in a generation where we had TV ads, uh, we had radio campaigns, we had junk mail, like, the, the generation of today don't have that stuff. And the point I'm getting to is, is Seth Godin talks about this in his book where the generation prior to us were industry marketers and industry marketing, let's just say you're a bread company. You could spend $40 million on TV ads, radio campaigns, junk mail, and you would make a hundred million dollars profit just by being the noisiest person in the marketplace and, you know, having a brand um, that doesn't really work anymore. It worked in the previous world, pre-internet. The world is now internet. Where people get disconnected is TV was designed for marketing. Radio was designed for marketing. Junk mail was designed for marketing. Um, whereas the internet is designed for socializing and finding your tribe. And what I mean by that is if you like collecting Russian dolls or Smurfs or Hot Wheels, you can go on the internet and find your community. Mm. Other people that are very excited and interested in very specific things that you, you know, people may have never even heard of before. That's why Reddit is so big because Reddit is just a, a forum with pockets of niche uh, things that people are interested in. So the internet is that it's just a giant community hub for humans to find people that are like them. And one of the m most, one of the things that drives humans the most more than anything is where's my crowd? You know, who's like me, who thinks like me, talks like me, acts like me, and where can I find those people? So when it comes back to marketing and you're looking at that, human psychology, want, people want to be accepted. They want to be a part of a tribe, a herd, crowd, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Like that's why people wear Nike because they can feel fit. They can feel like they're part of something more than just wearing a t-shirt. So marketing now on the internet needs to be, how can I create a culture? How can I create a group? How can I create my tribe? So for me, it's a tribe of designers, a tribe of people that want to grow Instagram and a people that want to get better at selling. Yeah. Um, that's my tribe. That's the people that I'm talking to all the time that are engaging with me. 
So for those people that are listening to this, if you're trying to grow a business, rather than thinking about who can I hit over the head with a bat and sell them something, how can I go out there and create a movement? How can I go and create a tribe, create a brand, build awareness, help that tribe crowd, and, and then in return, people are going to be gravitating towards your products. They're going to be talking about it, using it, things like that. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, awesome, man. Is there anything else that excites you at the moment you want to add or talk about, run through? Um, I mean, that, that pretty much covers like where, where I'm focused right now. Um, yeah. yeah, coming into the new year, um, I'm, I'm looking more into video type content. That's, yeah. that's the next step for me. Yeah, yeah. So like, I think, I think like coming back to Instagram, um, video content has nowhere near the, the level of engagement that it did, but here's a really interesting tip. Um, on Instagram, if you make an IGTV video, that's 500, like 500% more engaging than a video that posts in your content. So if you post a video in your feed, you have to keep it within a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if you go over a minute, then it becomes an IGTV. IGTV has higher engagement. So anyone that's trying to grow their business on social media, I, I would, I would strongly suggest that they start doing IGTV videos and that's, that's where I'm moving in the next month. Yeah. It's interesting. I was just speaking with a good friend, uh, this morning who's a videographer as well. And he's amazing at like long form docos, like, you know, 20 minute type stuff, cinematography. And I've worked with him for some events and, um, he'll create, you know, three to five minute story type pieces and the engagement through slightly longer form, but well shot. Because if you think about it, like the carousel, you still got that opening frame with the sound. So you can still bring people in with the kind of hook in a similar way. Um, but when it's done well, similar, I guess, to what you're talking about, the carousel, uh, it can be really high engagement if it doesn't feel silly, if it feels like, you know what I mean? It's the same yeah. stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, so like um, the other thing you can do with IGTV is it actually allows you to upload a thumbnail. So then you can create that clickbaity type image that goes on the front of it. Even if, even if you make your video a minute and one second, that qualifies for IGTV. Like if you look at Gary Vee's page and you look at his feed videos. There's a lot of one, 105s and stuff. Yeah, that he does it intentionally, right? So like the, um, the, the, the videos in his feed that are not... Uh, IGTV will have 200,000 views and the ones that are IGTV will get 2 million because wow. the platform, it just, it promotes it for more, like more for, for whatever reason. Mm. Um, and interestingly, like the last thing I, I think I'd like to bring up for these people, cause this kind of ties into everything we're talking about is the rise of TikTok yeah. and people trying to figure out, you know, how can I get on this platform? How can I utilize it? I feel like there's going to be a battle between Instagram and TikTok because Instagram is smart. Facebook's a billion dollar company. Yeah. They're not going to allow someone to just come and take their turf off them. Um, there's already been a decline, slight decline in Instagram for people jumping over to TikTok because they're able to get more attention, more viewers, things like that. TikTok is a platform where everything's in house. So you go in the app, you create a video, you edit the video, you post the video. So you could be in the app for hours doing this. Mm. Whereas on Instagram, people go in, look for 20 minutes, leave. Um, the stickability of TikTok is huge. Mm. Facebook knows this. I feel like it won't be long and 
until Instagram will implement some type of similar feature. The same way they did with um, Snapchat. Yeah. They stole the story of Snapchat and just put it on their own platform at the top. And it's not the same as Snapchat. Snapchat's still around, but it's dead compared to where it was. Yeah. And TikTok, it may, I don't know how it's going to play out, but I feel like if Instagram was really smart, they would, they would turn IGTV into something like that. Um, where you can actually go in, film your video, edit it, add a video, wrap, do all that stuff in-house on yeah. the app. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I would strongly suggest anyone listening to this to not, you don't have to post on TikTok, but learn how it works. Because if that platform becomes a thing on Instagram, Instagram always inflates its new medium. So yeah. when, they first, when they first did carousels, it was highly inflated, even more so than now. When they first did IGTV, they turn up the organic reach massively. If they do implement in the next few months to 12 months what TikTok's doing, they're going to inflate that on their own platform in order to draw all people from TikTok over, over to Instagram. And the people that are going to win at that are the people that are using TikTok that know how to do that stuff that are then going to do that on Instagram. Yeah. 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 So you want to be well-versed in it anyway for the, the, the trade is to be well-versed in it for the upside of being up to speed if it crosses over as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think either way, whether it continues to grow or it doesn't, I think people need to either be on there for learning it or on there for the long haul. Um, yeah. yeah. So the heavy hitters I think right now is, is LinkedIn and Instagram and, and TikTok's a, a close third. Um, depending, if, I mean, if you're in entertainment and you're a gym, I would be for sure on there. If you're in the health and wellbeing industry, you should be on TikTok. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And are you using LinkedIn yourself now as well? Yeah, so carousels actually work um, better on LinkedIn than they do on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I'm just about to literally post, um, start posting my carousels today on LinkedIn. Oh, cool. Um, a couple of my clients are already doing it and they're getting twice to three times as much engagement as the carousels are on Instagram. Hmm. That's cool. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. So just to wrap it up, I suppose, you know, one of the things I came into you to the conversation with was, you know, something I thought about probably a month or so ago was, you know, this concept of the organic reach is dying and, you know, we're all doomed and all of this sort of stuff that I was hearing. Um, and, you know, seeing what you yourself are doing, the design community um, and others as well, but definitely very much so in what's going on there and what's happened, uh, just throws that against the wall. And so I guess I wanted to just recap on, I guess the takeaways from the episode and make sure I've got it all. It was, you know, really this focus on value, um, you know, thinking about the platforms a little bit differently in terms of looking at the market and the people that you're serving. Uh, we had embracing the new functionalities of the platforms. Um, was there, oh, the community side, you know, to, to bring the comments in and to encourage that scope. Was there anything else that I've missed here that you see as like, you know, helps to bolster organic helps to bolster, I guess the usability of the platforms for people, you know, looking to do so. Yeah. So I think, I think people should be focused on trying to build um, like a community, community and, and be relationship orientated. So if you're in any social media platform, your goal should be like, can I make 10 friends today? Can I, can I build relationships with people? Because they're the people who are going to share your stuff. They're the people that are going to put your content on their feed, on their wall, on their story. Um, 
and the more of those relationships you can build, um, the, the better it positions your network. I, I call it your power base. And your power base is when you need help, who can you call upon? And if your answer is nobody, then you need to go out there and start networking. So it's, it's the age old tale of like, you know, um, like how to, how to go out, win and influence people, like how to, how, how to make friends and influence people, that book. Um, and it's, it's the same thing. Go out there and, and look for people in your community that are doing what you're doing that are maybe two steps behind and help them out. And then look for people that are two, three steps ahead and make friends with those people and ask them for advice and guidance. It's, it's establish a community, establish um, a network. And then that way, if you are promoting something, you can DM a, a bunch of people like, yo, I'm trying to push this. Do you mind sharing it? And they're going to be more than happy to. And then, you know, cause you're always giving, mm. you're always giving out fat favors. You're always giving values. People are happy to return the favor. So I think if, if you approach social media in that way, it may feel like a lot of hard work, may feel tedious and that there's not much reward, but over the long game, it'll definitely help your page win. It'll help you succeed. Um, yeah, I think, I think that that's in a nutshell, like where, where your heart and your intention needs to be when it comes to social media, that's how you're going to win. Yeah. I love it. And I love, you know, no matter kind of what happens to Instagram, snap, whatever, all the different platforms, you know, everything yeah. you said is, um, filled with, you know, integrity and the right intent. And so I think if people do practice that on a platform, no matter really what happens going forward, they've got a tool kit or a, sort of a posture that's really going to help them regardless anyway. Yeah. And, and like you said, like people, there's all this doom and gloom about, you know, is social media dead? Is Instagram dead? Is it going to die? This and that. Um, I think it's, it's changing. It's shifted. So like in the last five years, you could post nearly anything and it would grow your page. Now, I mean, it's, it's at a point where people want to see something new. So like you need to, you need to innovate, you need to evolve. The, the platform is different. It doesn't respond the same way. So it's, you have to be a pioneer. You can't be a follower anymore. If you're just going to repost quotes or, you know, take photos of you wearing outfits as a model, yeah. like it's just not going to do what it did five years ago. Yeah. Um, and Instagram is at scale now, like half the planet is using it. So you need to think about, you know, well, I need to do something that hasn't been done before in a way that's unique. Yeah. 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 So it's not dead. It's just, you have to be better. Yeah. I love it. You know, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's great. And it's in a great place. Yeah. Um, awesome, man. Thanks so much for your time. Any other last words? I mean, people will find you or put your um, handle and stuff like that. How do you, you know, what do you do? How do you work with people? Maybe drop that in there in case. Yeah. So you can find me um, at Dane Walker, D-A-I-N walker um and uh i'm on linkedin facebook twitter um you know my website will be up soon just that.com um but yeah so for me i i create content so like my my primary focus is you know designing content for people that are trying to get attention in a way that doesn't seem like um they're marketing or they're, they're trying to sell ads yeah and i also consult so people come to me for branding they come to me for design um, and I help people, um, put together their brand identity, try to figure out where their audience is and how they can find them. Things like that. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. It's an absolute pleasure. I do appreciate your time. Oh, and, likewise. Uh, Very yeah. good. All right, thanks man. So I'm looking, yeah. I look forward to you. Uh, I look forward to your posts when they pop up. So thanks for all the work that you're doing as well. Wonderful. Thanks man. All right. Buddy. See you guys. When you can when you have the skills to be able to 
line things up or think about where you want to go, genuinely where you want to go, or how to deal with people, or how to navigate moving forward. It's everything, isn't it? Like, it's everything. It's fundamental to everything that you do. Decision-making, it's massive. Access Potential Academy is a six-month peer-to-peer program for business owners and creators who are ready to level up. There's a group coaching component and syllabus that we follow throughout the year. There's three offline events that are a lot of fun. And then there's some one-to-one work also. If you're interested in finding out more about the APA program, send me a quick email, john at johntmarsh.com. And we can connect. I'd love to hear about what you're looking to create in 2020.